All right, everyone. Welcome along to another episode of Martin's World. Guys, before I uh, get into introducing today's guest, I just want to remind you that uh, if you want to support this show, support the fight for cannabis legalization in Ireland, you can sign up to the patreon.com forward slash Martin's World. Or you can also make a donation in the form of Bitcoin to, through the link found on martinsworld.e. All of the funds, guys, will be used to establish a cannabis activist hub so we can bring together the cannabis activists in Cork so we can uh, better fight for cannabis legalization uh, across Ireland. Um, so, guys, uh, today's guest is uh, none other than J.P. O'Brien from um, Little Collins. Um, I was delighted to have him on the show. We get to chat all about uh, his business, about the cannabis he sells, and uh, about the bloody raids that uh, he had to go through. Um, so, yeah, I've been uh, trying to get J.P. on for a while, so delighted to finally get this one out to you guys. So, I hope you enjoy it, guys. Um, so, without further ado, I give you J.P. O'Brien. JP, thanks very much for uh, taking the time out of what I'd, I'd imagine is a very busy day for yourself. Um, so welcome along to Martin's World, and it's uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on here. Um, we've covered your your stories, I suppose, uh, your, your journey uh, over the last couple of months. Um, I, I became first aware of Little Collins back uh, when you were first raided, um, which was May of last year. Um, yeah. But I suppose before we get into all this, um, if you could just tell me a little bit about... Um, yourself and uh, and little collins how did the two come together yeah great well first of all martin um thanks for having us on um we've been aware of you mate for a long time both myself and Ida. um i reckon it wouldn't have been long after we got to ireland in the middle of 2018 that we saw your little logo the little the little man you know <laughs> little martin's it's kind of like a superhero or something and he's got a cape yeah. and so so we we're like who's Dude, he's running around trying to legalize cannabis. Does he wear a cape, or is that just in his logo? That that might have been a conversation that we had. But um, yeah. well, uh, I actually have a cape. Uh, if you if you were wondering, <laughs> uh, next, next episode. But uh, <laughs> um, but mate, um, we in all seriousness, we we respect what you do, and um, you you know you you tell it straight and you tell it honestly, and um, you know you we've got your back, hundred percent. So we just wanted to say that. Um, Appreciate it. And yeah, so it's good to be here. And um, look, the little Collins story came about. So it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, not a long one, but I, I may as well put a bit of it down now while we're here. So I'm Australian. Um, mm -hmm. So myself and my wife, Ida, who is Irish, we own little Collins 50 50, right? And so Ida would have moved to Australia when she was about 21. Um, and she's a chef. She opened um, she, a few years later, she sort of worked up and opened. The cafe down there. Um, by the time we left Australia in 2018, she was she left the cafe scene and she was a personal trainer in gyms, that sort of thing. Um, I met her down in Melbourne. I'm from Melbourne myself. I was working away. Um, I used to do kind of videos and um, TV and editing and producing this sort of stuff. Um, and I did that for a long time, mate. I did that for about 10 years. And um, I met Ida sort of towards the end of that journey and um, we ended up having a, you know, a child and in, in August 2018, after much research, we moved to Ireland, um, moved back home for Ida to Ireland and opened Little Collins, um, you know, with the intention of, you know, doing what we're doing. Um, we didn't quite see the sort of trouble coming down the line. We, we knew there'd be a few speed humps, but we didn't know they'd be buses mm -hmm. and... Um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, essentially, kind of, that's how we got together. But it's a funny one because um, I guess you can't begin our story without recognising failure. And, and I certainly can't begin my own story personally. I'm 41 years old now without recognising a whole series of failures. And, and in, my in my mind, a failure is just, just a learning curve. You know, it's just a practice run. And... Um, my sort of previous career, look, it had gone pretty well. I was always very idealistic. I thought I was going to be some famous filmmaker. That was never going to happen, ever. <laughs> it was just, um, With the we, dream, we went, I went through promotions and, and did all right. But we decided in 2018, we researched cannabis. We, we um, obviously had a big connection to over here. And in Australia, um, I've got to say that the laws around cannabis are much more tightly wound than they are here. Um, Australia, you might not know, has a kind of larrikin, laid back kind of, reputation but it is the most tight country you've ever seen um so listen we moved here to do this and took off from there we're both sort of vegans and the, the lucky thing for us is that the business and little collins and what little collins is trying to do and from day one we've always said 
you know, we 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 don't <laughs> we don't really don't mind what other people do. We we just we don't like to judge people. We like to just take people as they come. We exist to give people a choice. We believe that people deserve the choice to either go to the chemist and get a ibuprofen or a Panadol or whatever it might be, or come to a shop like ours and get a natural variation of with a similar sort of goal in mind. That's all. We we, we think they should live together. And um, the the great the lucky thing for us was the ethos of Little Collins kind of married nicely with our own personal backgrounds, ethos, and 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 whatever skills we might have had. And in, in that way, it's been a fortuitous kind of um, yeah marriage of those things. And it's come together quite nicely for us. And um, we're really wrapped with how it's going. And, and most of all, we're wrapped with how the Irish public is responding to the choice that that Little Collins and, and many other retailers, um, hemp retailers around Ireland, um, I can list them all if we want, many other hemp retailers around Ireland give them. And, and that choice is important. And we're obviously at a very sort of critical juncture in the cannabis movement at the moment in Ireland. And um, and yeah, I guess that's that's sort of the wind up there. Okay, yeah, and, and the name itself then is the, um, <clears throat> Little Collins. Oh, yeah. um, I, I've kind of had discussions uh, with friends about this, that it was uh, it's a very well thought out name because um, I suppose you said yourself you didn't really think that you were going to bump into the troubles that you kind of did. But uh, as it comes down, you know, it's perceived so nicely. It's like little Collins. This is what the cannabis industry is or what it could offer to the community um, through these uh, CBD uh, flower uh, dispensaries. Um, an, opportunity, an alternative, I suppose, uh, where people can go in and uh, get cannabis. Um, but, but currently, uh, people aren't really afforded um, that. At least the, the government don't want to afford us uh that opportunity mm. um, but but the name mm. little collins um is that anything to do with the uh, the international little collins or is this completely separate to that because I, I seen one earlier uh, in in amsterdam and no. i think there's one in new oh, york yeah. yeah 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 no it's not i think he's yeah. in new yeah. york i think he's an aussie as well okay um, <laughs> i think he's doing like smashed avo for 30 bucks a plate or something something oh, like yeah. that, but uh, good on him but um uh, no, it's a street it's a street in melbourne little collins uh-huh. So what ah, you've got so in Melbourne, right? Yeah, yeah. So we, we spent a lot of time sort of I worked in that of the city, but what you've got in Melbourne is they made the the I'm just gonna they made it in grids. So basically horizontal and vertical grids is the way they did the streetscape. So you've got the way you remember it, it goes King William, Queen Elizabeth, right? Because of the, the British people um, naming the streets. And then you've got Collins, Little Collins, Burke, Little Burke, Flinders, Little Flinders, that sort of thing. So we love Little Collins because we went to a hotel one time at the start when we were dating and we had a good time there. And um, we had a lovely night. It was Valentine's Day. And um, we just were looking for an Australian sort of tinge to the name. So there you go. Ah, lovely. Yeah, no, that, that's, a, that's a lovely story, actually, in fairness. And at least uh, the name comes with a, a nice memory there for yourselves. Um, yeah. that, that's great. Um, I, I suppose, given everything that's happened uh, and before we even get into all of that, do, do you have any regrets uh, now with the decisions you've made? Um, would you have changed anything? Would you have stayed in Australia or would you have not changed a thing? That's, that's a really good question, actually, Martin. Um, uh, no regrets. Excellent. Yeah, zero um, is the short answer. The, the sort of extended answer to that is, um, look, I guess, yeah, we, you know, you're sort of aware that there's going to be issues, but you're not aware how, how long and deep they're going to go. In the back of my head, I, I had it that, all right, we're probably going to get raided once. Um, and then but in my naive sort of head, it was like, but once we get raided once, that'll all be over because either we'll get shut down or we'll be able to sell it again. I didn't consider that, with the, that there would be this 24 month plus prolonged extended lim- limbo, basically, where you're living kind of day to day waiting for the next raid. Um, because that to me is, you know, obviously reeks of incompetence, but, but also um, an inability of, of kind of a government to do their job basically yeah. and um so yeah we didn't see that coming but certainly no regrets and um you know uh, re- regrets really are, are clinging on to the past i think in order to 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 really do something properly you need to kind of really live in the narrative of the present and and for me moving from australia and literally knowing no one here um and look, I wasn't a person who had a massive circle of friends back home. I had some close mates and obviously my family, but um, it's not, yeah, I mean, it's sort of, regrets isn't something that, regret's not something that you can ever have, I don't think. Regret is kind of like a feeling, but 
if you're going to get serious, just leave it behind and move on. Yeah, exactly. And uh, no, no, that's, um, I, I suppose that the next question I would have for you there is that, um, in around the, the name again of, of Little Collins, it's uh, it's you have CBD dispensary in there at all. Um, now, is was there any particular reason we were just using the the American kind of branding there of uh, the dispensary type of model? Um, yeah. or was there other kind of Im- implications there? As in, when you look up a dispensary, it's a uh, to do with dispensing medications and it also it talks about uh, dental practices in there as well um but did, did you see any maybe uh, problems uh, arising there out of that um having ourselves called a dispensary yeah i mean um two parts to that a it's funny you mentioned that because the landlord of this building that i'm sitting here this is mm-hmm. the Galway shop here um, he's a great bloke, he's a solicitor. And he, when we were doing the lease a couple of years ago, he brought it up. He said, I'm no marketing guy, but are you sure you want to call this a dispensary? Um, and we were just like, yeah, look, it sounds better than, for us, it was just a name. You know, we are dispensing, I guess the part two, just to finish is yeah. when we were researching the scene over here, I ended up looking at California a lot as well. Um, and the scene there. And you've got some amazing businesses over in in, in cannabis businesses in California. You've got very progressive forward thinking cannabis businesses. And not only that, you've got a bunch of money um, that's spending money on backend tech and servers to have these delivery services. Um, I can't quite remember the name of the one that I was looking at a lot, but these huge delivery services basically where you can be anywhere in California, you jump on your phone, you've got you know, pot to trot, it's there 30 minutes later sort of thing. So that for us was inspirational. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we really came with, um, in terms of the design and the, the the look and the feel and the style of Little Collins, there was certainly that sort of influence as well. So I think that's probably where the dispensary came through. And then um, then we were just kind of going with what we like from home. Um, and, and we like little places that, um, you know, a little hole in the wall where you can go and get a little something to eat, a really good coffee, and in this case, some cannabis. Mm-hmm. Excellent, yeah. And uh, and on that, I suppose, um, when you started up in the in the Galway area, how, how were you received by the, the locals? Because uh, I'd imagine you're, you're filling what would have been otherwise a vacant unit, uh, given the current uh, state yeah. of Ireland's economics, even before this whole coronavirus. Like, we, we were kind of facing a recession of sorts. Uh, it was coming. Um, but we we received well. Were, were the, the Galway Yins? I don't know what they call themselves up there. Um, were they happy with you? <laughs> they weren't too bad. They weren't too bad. I, I don't know what they call them either. But um, Galwegians. <laughs> Galwegians. That's it. Galwegians. But um, listen, just down the road from here, we've got literally about four hundred meters down that way is NUIG, mm-hmm. and I think there's about eighteen thousand students that well, let's say used to go to NUIG, um, and. that's a good thing for for a cannabis shop to have a university nearby um, because that you're going to get naturally a lot of goodwill from that crowd. Secondly, a common story when we first opened in Galway, Martin, and we opened on November 22nd, 2018, is people would come in and I don't know if you've ever been to Galway, but they'd come in and there's a lot of kind of muso types and that's a cliche, sorry, Galway people, but um, people would come in and they'd say, Oh, listen, you picked a great spot for it, mate. Because I think Galway people in particular, um, there's certainly an element here that is cannabis friendly. Let's put it that way. Excellent. Yeah, we were up there at SSDP back in the day, um, held a national conference in the NUIG up in Galway. Um, so certainly there is a lot of students out there campaigning for um, changing a drug policy. So there's definitely an audience of uh, people are, are yeah, uh, a, a population of consumers, if you will, um, yeah. who certainly would benefit off of your products because it gives them an alternative to some of the higher strength cannabis out there, which isn't really bad for them. But I suppose if you want to be getting your college work done, then maybe mm-hmm. having some of your, your, your Leonard's Hayes or is it Leonard's Kush? Um, that, that would, yeah, Leonard's that, Amnesia. That would, yeah, yeah. Critical um, no, that, that, I'm glad you said that actually, mate, because... <laughs> That that higher strength THC stuff that that's um that can be a killer. So so again, I'm 41. I didn't smoke. I didn't use cannabis my entire adult life. So when I was 15, 16, I would have first tried cannabis in high school, right back in Australia, and um, I was probably young, probably about 14, 15. And to be honest, I was small uh, in physical stature. I was extremely shy, and um, I I was probably frightened to death of this stuff because it was illegal. 
And anyway, had some with some friends. And for me, it definitely wasn't for me because I was an introspective child and it, it turned, the spotlight was, or you know, when you're a teenager, you're already wondering so many new things about yourself and then cannabis just turned it inwards. And it's like, I really don't want to look inwards right now. I was too young for it, you know? And, and so I just left it alone. I just left it alone. But the thing is about that cannabis looking back now is that stuff was nowhere near suitable for someone my age. Someone, you know, in their late teens, early 20s shouldn't be having high, high, high THC cannabis. Now I'm generalizing and I'm talking about adult use, regulated retail. I'm talking about just sort of everyday things. And, and for me, that was a learning experience because when I tried CBD, it was a game changer because suddenly I could use this product um, and not, um, it would help me. It would really help me. And um, to me, it was almost like the difference between, you know, an apple and an orange. So using CBD nowadays, um, you know, and, and whether it be CBD and THC or CBD, CBG, whatever it is, using that nowadays for me is a totally different um, perception and experience to what it was as a teenager. And it's 100% better. And for me, what you're looking at there is that's the only kind of, that's my real world example of mm. prohibition cannabis versus cannabis that's beginning to be regulated. And excuse my dodgy hand, but, um, uh, <laughs> and to me, that's a big difference because with regulation, you can mold or fit a product and you can, you can put your head around it, you know. I was buying buds off someone from the back of his skateboard when I was 15 and the stuff's probably 30% THC. You know, it's just no good. It's mindless stuff. So um, I don't know how I got onto that, but there yeah, you go. But you're, you're right, I suppose, in, in, in respect of that, uh, that currently the biggest danger there to the young kids, uh, as they say, and at least the literature reflects that um, high strength THC is a danger to the young minds. But I suppose in, 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 in respect of that, then the best thing that we could do is actually control and regulate it um, and I don't know how interested a premises such as your own would be for facilitating this, but I, I, I like to use uh, your own store as a, as a shining example of what the cannabis industry could be if we, if we were just uh, responsible adults about it and rather than having this childish approach where it's like, no, don't do that cannabis and we're going to prohibit it and thereby actually making it easier for the young kids to get this high strength stuff. You know, at least if, I don't know, we slap an age limit on it, treat it like alcohol and tobacco, um, and educate the consumer, then me as an 18-year-old, I can walk in somewhere with my ID and make a decision. Do I want the high THC stuff or do I want the low THC stuff? And at least I, I'm properly informed then as to the, the, what the, the repercussions of that dis decision might be. Um, exactly, so yeah. I, I suppose in, in that, uh, would you be open to that then um, if the government was to, to move the Misuse of Drugs Act to allow uh, stores such as yours to, to sell cannabis, uh, would you facilitate that then? Would you have no problem with uh, expanding the, the range of uh, Little Collins flower offering? <laughs> <laughs> um, are you talking in kind of a full, a full strength regulation mode? Yeah, I suppose if the if the bar was to be if the barrier was to be removed, um, to, to 100%, course, yeah, hundred percent. And to be honest, we'd go further than that, Martin and and saw something this morning uh, in the UK, an article about a so-called cannabis minister. I mean, why can't the government start looking at things like that? Why can't there be a cannabis minister, a cannabis, you know, a minister for the future uh, regulation of cannabis in Ireland? Why can't there be a working group, you know? Why can't they take it seriously and and treat the plant like like the what it is, which is basically an extremely valuable crop for both mm. the economy, the people and the environment of this country? Don't treat it like it's something bad. Don't let, don't sort of uh, block access to it at all fucking costs. Don't be, you know, opaque about your communication. Don't sort of um, do do deals with overseas companies. Yeah. Just be grown up and just do it here because there's 4 million people here that need it. And there's an environment here that needs it. So, you know, that, that sort of stuff really, Really, really frustrates us. And um, I think 100%. It was uh, important in that there, though, is that uh, Gino Kenny's bill actually in 2016, when he was uh, putting forward his bill for medicinal cannabis access, it included uh, in establishing, uh, I think it was called a Ministry of Cannabis or something like that, uh, a cannabis minister of sorts. Um, but I think it is important because currently the, the people who are overseeing, which is now replacing Gino's bill, the medicinal cannabis access program, 
Um, mm. None of them have any ideas to cannabis, you know. Um, they're all staunch prohibitionists, lifelong reefer mm. madness believers. Um, and we're, we're not going to make any progress, I think. Uh, so I, th- I would definitely agree with you there. We, we do need to, to have maybe a position opened up within government, uh, a minister mm. for cannabis, if you will, or... You know, because mm. even our, our current minister for drugs, uh, he said when he took up the role, this guy Frank Fien, that he knows nothing about drug policy and that he's going to learn as he goes. And mm. this is the height of negligence. And it's, of course, it's ex- to be expected, I suppose, from the Irish government. Mm. But I mean, <laughs> you know, politics shouldn't be, you know, a, a, a merry-go-round that, you, you know, with no doors that only certain people can sit on the horses and us poor schmucks get to vote who changes horses every two months or two years, sorry. It shouldn't be like that. It should. I mean, there's so much broken, it's not funny, really, let's be honest. But um, it, it, we're talking about cannabis and it's just, I mean, where do you go? How do you get through the brick wall? I think the current, the current um, strategy that everyone's adopting is good and that is, as much exposure as possible. And, and really, as we say all the time, long-term, the biggest thing is education, as you've highlighted, because there's just, there is just unfortunately a lack of education and it's nobody's fault. Um, and we're never ones to point fingers. And we're not, I just need to say, we're not anti anything. We, there, there is, cannabis is, is used terrifically well, augmenting Western medicine and, and, and pharmaceutical cannabis can be terrific. Now, if anyone out there is listening, um, you know who you are. There you go. I'll say it again. Pharmaceutical cannabis can be terrific, but natural cannabis is yep. terrific as well, right? That's the thing. We don't. It's not binary. So, you know, the the way forward at the moment is um, exposure, and then long term, it's education. But the people that are sort of on the reefer madness thing, um, it's not their fault. That's 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 upbringing. You know, that that's nurture. But but what is their fault or what what they could do better so to speak is potentially people like as you mentioned frank fian is you can update your opinions martin <laughs> you don't have to stay on the same the same chopping block your whole life you can the same horse you can reevaluate your opinions and to be quite frank in the modern world to the pace that the modern world moves with technology these days you have to update your opinion because the world in 2021 is markedly different from the world in 2014. And that's only seven years. Yeah. Simple as that. No, you're, you're, you're dead right there. Um, I, I suppose, uh, get into um, your own business and stuff like that and your, your customer base. Um, kind of what, what age range uh, would, would your customers be? Uh, I'd imagine it starts at 18, is it? Yeah, yeah so it starts at 18. Um, and yeah, we don't serve really any CBD products except maybe sort of some take-home tea for under 18s. Um, and then, mate, it goes up. Um, we have a huge, a huge demographic over 50, um, a huge over 50 demographic in terms of people seeking relief from arthritis um, and things like that. Um, and yeah, it's across the board. You get a, We have a, a really strong female demographic. Um, we like to sort of foster both in terms of our, you know, phone conversations, but more importantly in the shop, we like to foster the sort of energy or space where people can come in. Um, there's decent music on. There'll never be crap music. It'll always be decent music. Um, normal music, you know, not like um, just crap. Um, <laughs> and um, we like to just have the sort of space where people can just open up a bit. And so, and just talk about what, what they're looking for. And so when Ida and I first opened, um, I would regularly talk about my experiences with CBD and my experiences with anxiety. Um, you know, my experiences, the fact I'm a non-drinker um, and, and, you know, eater is as well and for different reasons, but um, you know, and that harkens back to the thing, you know, being a teenager. And so being a teenager and getting scared of cannabis, um, when you get scared off something, A, because it's illegal and scary, you can't, you, you tend to turn to something else and, and you turn to what is socially validated or, or valid, validated by, you know, your, the seniors of society. And what is that? That's alcohol and cigarettes. So instead of the marijuana, uh, as it's called in, in high school, you go to, you're like, well, I can't have that. And it's a bit scary and it makes me kind of a bit um, edgy. So I'm just going to drink as much as possible. And, and, that, and that, that is, um, is not good. And, uh, and, and, and it takes a lot to sort of um, come out of that culture then as well. And, and that's something I had to do. And, th- and that's something I talk openly with people about. And, you know, my, my journey really with, with almost 
that led to this day started in oh, 2012, 2013, when I woke up in a hospital bed after having a seizure, after having drunk too much. And I was like, well, something has to change. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I need to get my act together. And this, this is why I'm holding down, well, I, I left my full-time job and I was working for myself. So I was holding down a career, but I was just so messed up in the head that I was, you know, treating my body just shockingly. Um, and, and you have to hit real lows. And, and I hit real lows and, you know, in hit failure to, to start recognizing what's going on and, and pulling yourself out of it and realizing why you're doing A, B and C. And cannabis and alcohol come into that story a lot for me and, and anxiety and this sort of things. And I'm not afraid to talk about any of that. Um, and I'm not afraid to, we, we don't, we don't really pull too many punches at Little Collins. We will tell you the truth. Um, we're not afraid to tell the truth and we're not afraid for people for, uh, to tell us what they think of us either. Don't care. So, um, yeah, so we want to foster that space where people can, can then come in and in turn and say, listen, I've just been struggling with X, Y, or Z. What do you think? And then it's not like, oh my God, we have to start whispering or going to the corner. Just have a nice chat. We just have a nice chat and we talk about can of butter and we talk about buds and oil and we maybe get a cup of tea and 10, 15 minutes later happy days they may or may not have bought anything it doesn't matter at all we'll never try and sell anything to someone because that's just not us and and that's the kind of air that's the kind of space we want and and we think that's important for um you know for a product like this uh, and, and at the moment uh, how many staff uh, do do little collins have uh, across the two stores We've got, so we've got about 20, 25 staff all up, okay. in honesty. That's so we've got the couriers, uh, is it? Yeah, so we've got the two stores, Galway and, Mar Galway and Kilkenny Martin. And then we've got, we've got probably three offices around the country. Can't tell you where they are, but, um, and, <laughs> oh, good. and of course the courier network. So we've got a ton of drivers and about five or six vans on the road. Okay, so you've, uh, how many did you say? 25 was it in total? It's over 20, yeah. We counted it the other day. It's over 20, yeah. Excellent. Like that, that's happy days. And uh, if there was multiple stores like this around uh, Ireland, so there's the, the job opportunities um, ever increasing. But people are afraid to get involved in this industry because they, they see how the likes of yourselves are getting treated. And I suppose yeah. like expansion, although you did expand into Kilkenny recently, it's, it's probably made, made difficult because of these bloody blockages you're, you're facing along the way. Yeah, that's it. And, and you're right. They, they scare off people, you know, like you're not... I mean, what sort of business model is um, getting raided every six months? You know, that's not really, you don't get taught that one in business school. So um, uh, yeah, it definitely scares people off. But what you're going to see if that misuse, when that misuse of drugs get, gets amended, Martin, is you're going to see the industry explode. It's as simple as that. I look forward to that. Uh, yeah. yeah. And in that, I suppose uh, we, we kind of mentioned a bit about fair and, uh, and the raids there, but um, it, do you think there's any uh, real fair within the, the hemp industry in Ireland because uh, we have the, is it the Irish Industrial Hemp Association? Um, like, do, do you think there's a fair there with them to, to talk about cannabis and about talking about the need for um, kind of having it removed from the Misuse of Drugs Act? Um, or, or do you think they're, they're happy just to battle away for maybe just the, the slight movement of, I don't know, the, the THC percentage so they can have access to better varieties? Um, do you think they're happy with that fight or do you think they're, they're willing or, or yeah. is that the I, um, the Industrial Hemp Association you said? Yeah, so is I, it? I, I, H A, I think, yeah. Yeah, those, yeah. I, I couldn't speak for them. Have they in court as well, are they? No, um, oh, apologies. I actually mistakenly thought that uh, you were a member of theirs. Uh, oh, so no, the HFI. Sorry, got you, the HFI. Federation yeah. Ireland, that's, that's... Yeah, that's, that's our one. Yeah, the IIHA, I think that's one of Hemp's many arms. But, um, okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, the HFI, they... Well, they're... Chris, Chris Allen. G'day, Chris. How are you? Um, hey. She is strongly of the opinion that um, the amendment will go through and... Uh, so is the legal team. Yeah. Uh, and quite frankly, there's really no way that it can't. Yeah. Uh, I suppose what I was getting at really is that like hemp, traditionally, when we think about hemp, it's, it was to do a canvas, cloth, seed and, and oil. Yeah. Mm. Um, realistically, what we're talking about here now in, in CBD, CBG and all these other can cannabinoids is uh, we're talking about the, the entirety of the cannabis plant. Uh, we're not just talking about the industrial fiber usages which is what the hemp term was coined up for to deal with that 
So like yeah, the, yeah. the Hava Hemp Federation Ireland, um, should, would you think that maybe they need to, to rebrand as the, the Cannabis Federation Ireland now? And uh, uh, just, just to destigmatize yeah. the plant, because I, th- I think like mm. is, this, is this still stigmatizing like uh, to talk about it in terms of hemp and CBD flowers? Yeah. And No, no, I gotcha, I gotcha. Thanks, Martin. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's an interesting question. And what you'll find with the HFI is she and um, that organization, Chris Allen and um, Jim McDonald from Hemp Company Dublin, um, have have the history there with the HFI and it, it wouldn't be my place to make comment on that. Yeah. Um, they've been very good to us, but that, what I'm trying to say is they're, yeah. they're entwined with a 25-year history of hemp. Um, I totally hear what you're saying, but yeah. I just don't know the context enough to be able to comment um, and the, the background enough because I'm such a new fish. But well, um, Even what you say, your, your own website, I suppose, um, like if you were to you've uh, hemp uh, flowers i think ours at a uh, hemp kitchen i think it's, it's the one around uh, the shake um but if you were to call that like uh, cannabis leftovers or, or or cbd smalls if you were to call them cannabis smalls um like do you think that would bring even more unwarranted attention like uh, are you using hemp to try to not bring so much attention like you know cannabis is a bit initially, of a yeah, 100% yeah initially you do yeah you use hemp to try and dance around it and that's why um, recently, maybe in the last few months, I think we've started saying sort of hemp cannabis mm-hmm. um, in a lot of discourse, especially Twitter. And um, no, you're, you're dead right. And um, it, it is baby steps though. And, and yeah. certainly in terms of, look, in terms of now, I couldn't care what we put on the website. You know, I could put a picture of a big blunt on there. We've been rated that many times. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Um, so... You know, it's it's moving it moving in one direction now, but we do, do just need to be be careful not to conflate or confuse the issue for people who are less um, knowledgeable or less kind of in the scene than us. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? For the average Joes, we want to keep it pretty. You got to keep it pretty simple because it is a bit confusing. All this hemp, cannabis, sativa, indica, it does people's heads in a little bit. But um, I guess one point is. In terms of the misuse of drugs, what do you think will happen, Martin, if they um, if they do amend it and zero, you know, zero point two or zero point three is written in, and it's the whole plant, which is what you know we think is going to happen? What happens then? Like, is that the Trojan horse? I I, I think they open Pandora's box at that point yeah. uh, for them yeah. because how in the name of God's name will they ever regulate that? Like, do, do we and, have and a hemp inspector yeah. going out taking inspections of everybody's hemp crop? Uh, yeah. But what does that do as well, say, for someone like myself, if, if it's removed from the, the Misuse of Drugs Act, um, surely the, the, I wouldn't be required a license any longer to be able to grow my own uh, CBD hemp out my own backyard. And so I, I wonder, would it open the door there then as well to personal uh, production of, uh, of CBD for people at home? Because yeah. uh, I think because it's, just a food. It's, it's not it's not a license. No, it's not nothing. It's just food products. Yeah. No, that's an interesting question because no, we agree, and it's definitely a bit of Trojan horse there. Because how you, I can guarantee you now, one thing, just forget about it. When it gets done, the industry will explode. You'll have shops like ours or shops like other models of hemp retailers all over the country. Number one, within twenty-four months. So number two, you're going to have half the kids, half the over eighteens in the country walking around with um, this cannabis in their pocket that's legal but it's not full strength cannabis, so to speak. What on earth are the guard going to do then? They're already frustrated about it. Um, the reason they raided us here in Galway in December, the, they, they showed us the warrants and the, the uniform guarder had organised it. And she she raided us because they'd been picking up too many kids on the street, um, you know, whatever, adults on the street, guys with cannabis, and they'd just say, as you would, I got it at Little Collins. Yeah. Of course, you're going to say that. So, and, and they're like, well, what do I do? So, so what did they do? They can raid us again. So, um, but yeah, I think it, it, a situation where, where basically what you're looking at is one form of the plant gets totally legalized. And for all intents and purposes, the only difference between this form and this form is the efficacy or the effect. The enforceable, uh, to, to enforce that situation is very difficult. Very difficult. So um, in our opinion, they're going to delay this high court thing as much as possible, but there's only so much um, uh, delaying they can do, to be frank, because people are getting pretty uh, pretty impatient. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, I think you've arrived to uh, an expedient trial um, under on, on uh, the human, uh, the European Convention of Human Rights. So uh, certainly that they need to be dealing with this uh, sooner rather than later, because as you said, it's uh, it's nearing, or if it's already maybe gone over two years now since uh, you were aided. So um, it, it's it's appalling that they're treating you like this. Like I suppose, uh, let's get into the raid and uh, what happened there. Um, the, the very first one uh, happened back in May 2019. Yeah. Um, that that was a controlled the delivery that was executed that day as well. If uh, if memory serves correct, am I right? That's it. Yep. Yep. Controlled so, delivery. Um. Yep. At the yeah, home. So if you want to pick up there, maybe as the, the yeah, 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 sure. Um. First of all, before we go into it, I just want to say um. The names of a few other businesses that have been harshly, harshly dealt with. First of all, Jim Puff and stuff. Um. Uh. Blooms in Waterford. Uh. You've got obviously relief out in Clonmel. You've got nature by nurture just recently more recently and a couple of those other guys on twitter um and th there's just been a ton of them so it's certainly not just us um funky skunk of course and the whole of cork like we just hear horror stories about the garden cork um but but yeah so just to get that out of the way may 2019 um controlled attempt controlled delivery on our home um i was in portugal Ida was here um, and she, yeah, I mean, she's been a while, but since I've gone through it, but yeah, basically they, we didn't, there was no, no one got taken to the police stations. They just raided our shop and our home. Um, they, they, they really liked the full raid underwear draw the whole thing. Um, but we weren't, she stayed up clear of it. She basically dis just went to a hotel with our child and I was in Portugal advising her to stay away from the police because they wanted to take her in. Um, and she had an 18, you know, a, a two-year-old child with her. So that happened. Um, and then, you know, that took a long time to recover from. Um, that took months and months to recover from. You know, it was a big raid. They took a lot of stock and, and it was the first one and we were shocked and, and whatnot. But, you know, I think it was a few days later we decided, well, stuff it. We've got to, we've got to speak out. We're not going to say nothing. Um, you know, we had kind of been keeping our mouths shut a bit prior to that because we thought, oh, look, we're playing it right. We're, you know, we're, we're saying the right things as a food product. We don't mention cannabis here, there and everywhere. Um, but, you know, that didn't matter. So, so it took months to get back, back up on our feet. And then um, essentially then what happened was customs just started taking a lot of products uh, incoming. So that, that's been a constant kind of evolution of um, basically, and it's almost like it, and it's quite fun because, you know, maybe in, in a normal business, you, um, you know, if you're ordering in tomatoes or say if you're ordering uh, oranges from Spain, you know, they're going to come, you know, you know that customs aren't going to pinch one, right? Because they're legal. But with this, it's just that extra element of, right, so I'm going to order in my buds, but now I need to make sure this is done right. This is done right. This, and so it's kind of, it's a bit of fun in that way. But um, so then they kept doing all the, the seizures and then, and then more rates. Um, you know, there was the one in December here. There was obviously been Kill Kenny, and there, there was um, all the other stuff in between. Yeah, I kind of lost my train of thought. Yeah, no, you're grand. And how were the Gardi um, towards you throughout all this? Like, that despite them yeah. wanting to put you in handcuffs and stuff, like, were, were they respectful towards you at least? Um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, yeah, to be honest. Or did you um, feel like you were criminals, like that you were scum like? Well, look, the thing is, <laughs> It's a tough one because they treat we are getting treated like shit, but um, you know, it's hard. It's just yeah. a hard one, that Martin, because it there's a, of course there's a few guard that um act like dickheads, to be honest. And let's be honest, they do. And I had a couple of uniformed guards out the front of the Kilkenny store just the other week when we reopened. Yeah. And we call their bluff, by the way. They didn't come down, you know. So I had a. <laughs> how much am I prepared to piss them off right now? I had a guard on the uh, on the phone um, saying, you know, basically, if you don't close, you kill Kenny's store. We're going to come back. We've got a thirty day warrant. We're going to come back and take it all, and we're going to make you close. And uh, I sort of said to him, "Well, sir, no, you're not. <laughs> we're going to we're going to stay open." And um, and then politely hung up the phone. And um, uh, and then they didn't come back, Martin. So their bluff has been called because really there's only two reasons they could shut a shop. One is if you've got rotten food and rats. We don't have that. Two is if you're totally in breach of COVID. We aren't that. So, boom, you can't shut our store. So, 
in terms of that, they've been all right, but it doesn't matter because when that order comes down from Dublin, they do their job and they come in and most of them are okay, but there's always a few snide ones that are basically cannabis haters. And we had a couple of uniform guard out the front of Kilkenny the other day that were definitely cannabis haters. So I'm not going to say what they did, um, but they said some really inappropriate things to my customers. And quite frankly, these young boys in their little shiny suits and badges don't even deserve to be doing that job if they have that sort of attitude because it was pathetic, it was immature, and they didn't say it to my face, mate, because I was taller than them and standing there and they might have been a bit intimidated. So they followed my customers down the road and said some smart-ass remarks to them. I encourage those two guarders to come back and see me actually in Kilkenny and say it to my face. And, and were the customers hassled any further outside of that? It was just a bit of a, a kind of... On that day, but they followed him a couple of hundred metres around the corner and just said some rubbish remarks. And um, uh, we found out about it the next day from two different sources. Yeah. I was still in Kilkenny and I found out about it from the customers. My wife back here in Galway found out about it online. Um, and yeah, that was that. So that, to be honest, that's my rant because... Mm. We know that, that these guys that are coming and doing the seizures, like they're doing their job and, and that's Dublin. That's the law and, and yeah. get over that. But, but two little punks in their uniforms doing that, that say it to my customers and not me. Yeah. You know, again, that's, that's, this is the problem with the Misuse of Drugs Act. Basically, it empowers these type of people, these individuals, like is not all Gardaí are, are perfect and you know, they're, they're going to abuse their powers. And the way in which they do it, you know, it's, as you said, they wouldn't speak up to you because they were intimidated by you, but they seen, I don't know, two maybe college students, Menu IG leaving, and they were like, oh, let's, let's go over and give them a bit of a telling off because they're, they're more intimidable. Um, and that's what some of these Gardaí, when they get the uniform on, they, they are sent out, they almost do go on power trips. And I, I hate the, the fact that the Misuse of Drugs Act allows them, enables that, it enables that, it allows them to pick and, and so many people, uh, a lot of my friends like over the road, uh, they, they wouldn't have as much confidence maybe to speak up for themselves. But I could see it out when they get stopped by the guards. It's so easy for them to be intimidated by the, the uniform, by the authority that comes with it. You know, it's, it is very intimidating. Mm -hmm. um, but I in suppose fairness, too, Martin, just as one, just to finish there in fairness, there yeah. would be people higher up in the, in the Gardaíshire Corner organisation that would feel as peeved about that as, as we would because um, there, there are good people in that organisation and there's intelligent people that would be like, what are these punks doing? Um, just, to, just to kind of weigh that out. But um, yeah, it's not cool, but look, it happens all over the world. The Australian, the Australian police, they make miniseries about them. That's how corrupt they were. Have any of our guardy ever kind of pulled you aside and said like, Oh, sorry about this geez i hate i have to do this like uh, oh yeah definitely yeah. Uh, yeah first first head of drugs up here um oh his name peter mcginnis he's he's older fella he's retired that's how long this has been going on he's gone he's probably in hawaii by now <laughs> um he was he was a good bloke and um i said to him peter what is going on and i looked him in the eye and shook his hand he was like well mate you know I'm pretty sure you're aware we, we don't want to be dealing with this either. And it's going to come down to EU law versus Irish law. This is two years ago. And he was dead right. Simple as that. And I said, Pete, you, you trust us, don't you? He said, of course we do. I can tell you're just a family bloke trying to run a business. And um, yeah, so they're, they're 100%. You're right there. Yeah, fair enough. And um, do you, you, I suppose uh, you've kind of already acknowledged this question, actually, that you, you do live in fair, I suppose, still, even though you called their, their bluff recently, I suppose mm -hmm. that you were probably worried, I suppose, like, I suppose you're still kind of maybe what they would call curtain twitching, ch checking the curtains, make sure the guards aren't outside. <laughs> yeah, well, 100%, yeah. Well, since the first raid, there's been, <laughs> it's been a seven day a week curtain twitch because um, uh, we open seven days a week and when you're being raided once, you're always expecting the next one. Um, so that, that's, um, that's just an everyday reality. But in terms of Kilkenny, um, maybe after they see this, they might change their minds and come back down. But um, yeah. they, 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 seem to have, they seem to have calmed down. And, um, and you would hope it to continue that way because there's just absolutely no reason for, for what they're doing. Um, I mean, if, if, if we were receiving public health complaints, you know, every second week about the product and, and this, that and the other, I, I personally, I'd step away. Yeah. I'd step away and say, listen, leave it to the... The fact is, the product's not dangerous. The, it's quite the opposite. Uh, the, the Irish public don't need protecting from cannabis. The Irish public actually need cannabis. Simple as that. 
Um, and, you know, any, anything else is really just kind of mumbo jumbo. Yeah. And, and as it kind of unfolded uh, after the first trade and the second, like, was, was there ever a point where you were almost pushed to breaking as in they were just nah. hang up the hat? Nah. You never heard of that tactic rope a dope? Uh, I've heard. Yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, righty. So it's a boxing tactic. And um, basically one boxer stays on the rope, ropes for 10 rounds. Taking uh, yes. That's yeah, and then two rounds to go, you just come out and knock them out because they're out of power. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've definitely heard that one all right before and during. <laughs> and um, in that, uh, in, in the fair, I suppose, and I'm targeting you, you said the first one, it hurt you the most. And I suppose you've learned from that in setting up even your courier network now. Um, is there ever a fair that um, they actually, I suppose, take away your ability um, to, to do the business, like a, a cease and desist, if you will, um, being ordered against you? Um, 100%, yeah. So with Kilkenny, um, the recent uh, drama in Kilkenny, that was as close as it got for us. And yeah. I'll be honest and say it was quite worrying that, you know, we, you know, the, our solicitor advised us if they, I'm not even going to go on with that, but um, uh, yeah, that, that was worrying because I do, we put a lot to get that store open. We put a lot of us into it to, uh, it was tough getting that store open yeah. and um it would it wouldn't be good if if they did try and shut that down for the business at all. Mm -hmm. um, having said that, Martin, if they did, we're not going away. We just do Galway and then open Dublin. So it's um, we're not going away. Good to hear. No, yeah, I, they, they, they cannot they cannot break me or Ida. They cannot break Little Collins. And um, we have um, you know we uh, yeah we're not we're not going to go broke. Yeah, well, I think like your your position in Ireland is pretty much well cemented now. In this at this stage, like the the cannabis community you now are a hundred percent behind Little Collins, given um, all of the, the the recent unfolding events uh, over the last year or two. Um, so you certainly have the the support of the cannabis community there. Um, but uh, I appreciate that in in a huge way. And um, the what everyone in the cannabis community needs to know for the, for the people watching this is that. Um, it mightn't seem like it, but there are a lot of eyes on what is happening right now on shows like this, mm -hmm. on other cannabis, you know, videos, um, on Twitter, on, on all the social. There are a lot of eyes in politics watching every move. They, they can't say anything and they don't say anything, but trust me, they are. Simple as that. Yeah, well, I think uh, it, it, the time is coming, definitely. And uh, the government have to, to be making a move now. I think if, if they don't make a move, then it's, uh, it's really up to the people. Um, given like Gino Kenny's bill now and everything going forward, uh, hopefully yeah. later on this year. Um, if the government reject this, uh, I think there is no choice left but for the people to kind of really rise up uh, against them in a peaceful way. But because uh, if we were to do, say, a public referendum uh, currently, um, I think that's the, the only way forward after Gino's bill goes forward if it's to be rejected. Um, anything else, it's, uh, it's, it's just not good enough, really. I think once um, restrictions have cleared up, um, we could, in terms of the cannabis community, muster a great crowd. Yeah. Well, great. If, uh, if there wasn't restrictions there, uh, given the last uh, raid in your store, I would imagine you probably would have had a, an early human shield outside of your store willing to, to protect uh, your store from Gary. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, yeah. No, it was crazy. And if what we could do up in Dublin would be um, insane. And, and you're right, we just need to keep the pressure on because... There, there does need to be an answer. You know, people do need to be heard. And yeah, but the, I guess the fact that is missed um, in a lot of this conversation is how much of a blue sky, um, kind of a blue sky opportunity there is with Ireland and cannabis in terms of it's, it really is just a thematic match made in heaven. Uh, the colour schemes, the, the, the fact that Ireland has such a, a rich um, agricultural history, Ireland has a rich export history for certain niche products. Um, the, the blue sky potential of cannabis and Ireland um, on a national level is huge. You could have the next Guinness in 10 years and it's, you know, it might, the next Guinness might be called, um, you know, skunk or amnesia or whatever it might be, gelato. But, but to, to not sort of, uh, to not recognise this and to, to basically take the route, which it seems like the government is doing now, giving cannabis to overseas investors to come in and basically kind of monetize it in their own way is um 
extremely foolish to say the least. Yeah, it seems like that's the definitely the way it's going. Um, that there's a lot of outside uh, companies that are looking at Ireland as an import potential for their products rather than Ireland itself looking at itself as a potential for uh, being its own producer and actually being, being a leader yeah, for, for export of, uh, of the crop. We, we are the Emerald Oil after all, um, so we, we should certainly live up to that name. Exactly. I, I suppose uh, on, on that topic, um, like your, your own products and stuff like that, um, I, I suppose you've even a difficulty in filling your shelves with um, Irish uh, cannabis products because uh, there's a better offering of flour um, outside of Ireland, I would imagine. 100%, yeah. yeah. So what you got, when, when the European Union did this 0.3, 0.2% THC, the, uh, the way we see it is a grassroots cannabis industry sprung up and it's a stick in the mud for the plans they had. Um, and essentially in terms of the actual product in your question, um, it's a stick in the mud, excuse me, for the, we believe for the processes that the Irish government has put in place for the plant um, in the last two and a, two, two and a half years, because this industry, this 0.2, 0.3, 0.5 in Italy, Italy, this industry is new. They didn't see it coming. So anyway, the, the buds, like, so say we've got Brendan Keeney up here in Galway. He's got maybe 20 acres only just down the road. And um, for example, he had those acres full of hemp this year, last year, and, and couldn't sell it, couldn't sell an ounce of it because of the, the red tape on the other end. Um, you've got Ed down in Wicklow and you've got a number of people growing, but the flower scene isn't there now, no chance. So yeah, it's all imported. Um, you know, countries like, um, oh, there's a few countries, mainland Europe that are, that are well ahead. Um, and it also all comes down to the seeds and this sort of thing. Okay, cool. And uh, I suppose your your own uh, products then, the, the cannabis, have, uh, have you met the, the growers or have you been out? Uh, to I, haven't, the farm? I haven't. We've got to go. We're due to go. As soon as it um, eases up, we're, cause we're actually forming a partnership with our main supplier as we speak. Um, we've only ever used two bud suppliers um, and they are basically one and the same now anyway. So um but we haven't been over there yet mate and it is yeah. absolutely high on the list we went to um cannabis in um spain yeah was it spain or is it cannabis yeah uh, spanibus or no no canifest canifest in the czech, uh, yeah, republic. That's the czech republic yeah that was great um that's basically like a bunch of massive sheds um kind of 20 minutes out of town just full <laughs> of cannabis stuff and then and then they've got like the, the VIP shed with the cloud of smoke around it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was great. But we haven't been to see the growers yet, no. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, I was signed up yeah. to go to Canifest this year, but unfortunately, uh, COVID. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, up on uh, your, your website, it says uh, your, your cannabis, cannabis and stuff is, uh, is grown organically and uh, things like that. Is that certified then by the... Um, by the growers, yeah. By, by the growers, yeah, through, through the, under the EU organic certification, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So basically, the they the flowers are all indoor grows. Increasingly, yeah. they're getting greenhouse grows now. So really, what we find with um, the outdoor and the greenhouse grows, like they need to be organic. You know, they if they're not organic, something's wrong, yeah. in our opinion. And um, but the indoor ones are a bit trickier. But um, basically, what we did is we tested for a lot of the metals and pesticides um, here extensively mm -hmm. um, after we sort of first started with this supplier, and um, none were found. None were found at all over many strains and batches. And um, that was enough to lead us to go. Well, they are kind of growing these indoor buds without any um, use of A, B, or C. And um, we've seen a bunch of sort of um, obviously picks and that of the setups and whatnot. And they they really just invest their money in the right lighting. You yeah. know what I mean? And the right soil and the right seeds. And um, and they the seeds is such a huge thing. Um, and obviously Israel do a lot in, in that regard. But um, yeah, so that's sort of it. And look, Martin, it's um it's a, it's a hard one. But yeah, that, it's the EU organic certificate yeah. and. Um, yeah, the, the outdoor hemp we really love. So we use a lot of outdoor hemp for our, our tea and all this sort of thing. And the outdoor hemp grown under the sun is beautiful. So, yeah. Um, yeah. 
Oh, excellent. And uh, your strain names then, I suppose. Um, I, I've seen you had a little competition going on Instagram uh, yesterday there around, uh, where, where did you come up with the name? Leonard, uh, oh, there's some movie yeah. or something? Yeah, Leonard's amnesia there, yeah. Did that competition last night, forgot about it for three hours, got back on, bang. But, um, wowee. <laughs> the strain names are just to, um, just to take the piss a bit, really, because, yeah. and just to try and be a bit, bit fun and um, little, little Australian references as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just, uh, just to keep it interesting, you know, so Port Douglas pineapple, like, um, <laughs> yeah. Port Douglas is a little town up far North Queensland and, um, kind of touristy town, but they've still got a pub there. I, I lived there for about a year when I was 21, just working in bars and that, and they've still got a pub there called the iron bar. Yeah. And I keep you not. So Port Douglas, this place, palm trees, you know, super hot all the time. And in the back of the iron bar, stinking hot day and night, they still, sit around at night and gamble on racing cane toads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's epic. That's what happens up there. And there's a nude beach down the road and just all sorts of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> class. Yeah, no, I, I was always kind of blown away by the, the strain names. I always found a bit of cracking on my... I think. Yeah, a bit of crack. That's all yeah. it is. You had a Kerry Cush there and all at one stage. Like. Yeah, Kerry Cush. <laughs> the <king and> Kerry. <laughs> Excellent. And um, all of these strains, then um, you, you have. Uh, if a customer wanted, uh, you would be able to offer them um, the, the access to the testing that was done um, on them. Yeah, hundred percent. So at the moment, with the testing, we don't test here in Ireland. Okay. We only offer supplier third part uh, supplier COAs at the moment. We stopped third party testing in here in Ireland in February two thousand and twenty, mm-hmm. when the FSAI informed us that the lab we were using was not viable according to current standards um i won't say the lab okay when we approached various authorities in the hfi the basically the only lab you could use is the phoenix park lab which is kind of in use by garter and whatnot so to be frank the the the, the testing facilities or the infrastructure to batch test in ireland is non-existent yeah um, we get strains and batches every second week. Um, we were running a lot of them through the previous lab prior to Feb 2020 when personal phone call, you know, told matter of factly, those labs will not stand up because of A, B and C. And that's the state of the legislation. There is, there's not, there's not any clear, you know, when like you might, you might sort of start a business, you might go, all right, well, the places, the Lego blocks will be there. Like, okay, where do I get my product tested? Where do I get my insurance? How do I do that? Where do I do A, B, and C? For a lot of that with the cannabis hemp industry right now in Ireland, 90% of that stuff doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. 90% of those support networks, um, uh, consistent information, goalposts that don't shift, 95% of that stuff doesn't exist. So um, certainly in relation to your original question, we will pass along any and all um, tests from the suppliers to our customers. Yeah. And we will also pass along any and all third-party tests we did prior to February 2020. Um, and at this stage, that's the best we can do. Yeah. And, and when you were doing your own third-party testing, was there anything ever came back of concern to you um, from uh, the test? There was nothing wrong? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. Yeah, that's, I suppose that's a good thing anyway, at least. Um, but yeah. I suppose uh, currently there is... Uh, regulations are I, I don't know as a regulations or more guidelines but uh, within Europe um, around uh, good agricultural and collecting practices for herbal uh, herbal products uh, that are going to end up in uh, kind of in medicines and uh, finished products um, but within that I suppose in the guidelines there is that uh, the onus is actually on the producer um, to, to ensure that what they've produced meets the specification of uh, the, the buyer um, and then you're only testing it actually to make sure that it's meeting those specifications, not actually to satisfy any kind of, uh, I, I don't know, kind of arbitrary uh, number. Yeah, yeah, 100%. The onus is on the, um, we don't have a legal obligation to third party yeah. test anything. So currently, like what I was supposed to say, I was saying really is that the self-regulation you impose on yourselves, it kind of only hits you yourselves in the pocket and you're, you're only doing it out of the, really the goodness of your heart. Uh, you, you're not even... Like you're, you don't even have to do it essentially, you know, because if basically, they, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then you get told that actually those tests don't mean jack. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to literally <laughs> didn't do one more. <laughs> I'll give you the mail. So thank you. <laughs> Saved a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> 
Avila, um, do, do you see an, an insight for, for this? Do you think that the, the, the next maybe one or two court cases might be the end? Or do you think that there's going to be a bit more can kicking ahead for you? Yeah, that's, that's I don't know. Um, it's due up again. Where are we now? It's due up again next week. Um, it got adjourned last month. So it's, it's hard to say. Um, there's a rumour going around. Um, have you heard it? That um, some judge... Um, uh, said I don't know what judge and what case and what whatever, but some judge said to someone about a cannabis case in March. I'm going to make this my last case case because uh, I want to go out by changing history or something. Yeah, right. I, I heard that from the horse's mouth actually from the, the guy who had it said to him. And um, yeah, that that was to do with the uh, I suppose uh, one of the other cases of the other com- cannabis companies. I, I I don't think I'd be putting like. Uh, I don't know what I'd be exposed to him by saying his name and this, but I, I can. No, add- I know who it was anyway. No, no, don't and don't do that. But yeah, I won't do that. Yeah. that sort of there's that sort of thing going around. Um, yeah. The fact of the matter is, on just from our own judicial review, the barrister that's on board is not the sort of barrister that gets on board like a case like this um, yeah. if he thinks he's going to lose. It's as simple as that. He's he's a he's a he's a senior from Dublin, and um, he's he's a winning barrister, and he's also if you read about his history. Um, for example, I'll just give you an example. This barrister refused Garda to search him on the way into court because it was, uh, you know, it's against whatever it was, the constitution. So he's he's a barrister that that stands up for um, human rights, rights sort of thing, for want of a better term, you know what I mean? So, um, uh, yeah, in, in terms of what's going to happen in the future, it's very, very hard to say, Martin. And, um, Oh, you know, how long's a piece of string? It's been going on two, two and a half years now. So you wouldn't be surprised if we're still having this conversation this time next year. You, you yeah. really wouldn't be surprised. And I hate to say that to people. Um, and you never know what can happen. You know, Gino might get his Superman cape on and, and bust through the wall and the whole thing could be legal by this time next year. I wouldn't be surprised about that either. The world moves so fast, but we're up against it in terms of, um, in terms of deeply ingrained historical stigma. We're up against it in terms of um, seemingly um, agenda-driven misinformation, yeah. and we're up against it in terms of just uh, you know lack of education. So, um, but all those things are improving, and we're not going to stop until. The, the, <laughs> I can guarantee you. Here's the one thing I can guarantee you: the government would. Certain factions in the government do not want this plant legalized because you know what that does? That costs them a shit ton of money. Big time. Yeah. Now, um, can I ask your opinion on something actually? Is um, in, in Spain, the, uh, the, the activists there, they, they fought for many years for their right to, to grow and uh, they, they obtained that right to grow and they were able to form uh, what's known as cannabis social clubs and they, they kind of operate under a not for profit model. Um, if if the government, I suppose, were to to remove barriers and to allow access to it, what what would you think of um, a, a model like that for Ireland, where people say like myself, yourself, consenting adults who would like to consume THC that's higher than what's available from your shop currently, um, like what would you think of a model like that where we could form an association, grow cannabis, but profit is not the uh, the yeah. Yeah, I understand. Um, so two things. A, I don't know the exact breakdown of the Spanish um, social club scene, but B, um, with that, are you talking about pre-full legalisation in terms of the social club setup? Yeah, I suppose uh, pre-legalisation, given that the, the current current government are largely ignoring us and uh, following yeah. what the Spanish done, it was kind of, we're, we're yeah. going to do this and, and first and ask we for... We have absolutely nothing against that model. We have absolutely nothing against that model. Um, the plant exists to for the people. The plant doesn't exist for the people to make um, make tons of this folding paper stuff that we call money. The plant exists for people to consume it and and to get well from it. So yeah. any any model works. Um, we like the model where you've got two kind of in terms of regulated retail, like we'd said in the tweet, two kinds of growers: bigger growers, lots of acres; smaller growers, two acres and under, easier license to get encourage a micro cannabis industry beneath the larger cannabis industry like you see in the beer industries across the world you've got your large producers and then you've got your micro breweries and often the micro breweries become more popular and outgrow the larger producers because they concentrate on quality ingredients 
quality processes in terms of the how they're creating the product and um, and you know the finishing and everything. So so we'd like to see. We think that you know and we've said many times cannabis is an environmental debate. Um, it should be planted all across Ireland. It's you know excellent remediation agent. It's a carbon negative crop. All of these sort of things. Um, but there's no reason why people like you and people like me or, or Owen or anyone shouldn't be able to go. Shit, I have got an acre or two, or my mum and dad do. What am I going to do with the next five or 10 years of my life? I know how to farm. Why can't people like that start with the proper checks and regulations in place, start growing cannabis? Why can't we have a thriving cannabis industry? Why does, have, why does making money have to always be centered around, you know, banking and finances and ETC? Why can't cannabis be, be a, a, you know, a lucrative um, and also, you know, re really wholesome kind of industry for Ireland? It can be, but we just need the right people in charge. No, no, you're you're dead right in that. I would agree with everything you said there, and uh, I, I think the biggest problem is we we don't have the right people in charge uh, currently. But uh, maybe in time to come that will change. Uh, but uh, until then, I suppose we are stuck with the current bunch. Um, JP, um, I've exhausted all my questions. Uh, just kind of looking back over them, I I, I don't have any left. Um, th thanks very much. Uh, unless there's anything uh, else you want to add in, or anything else you want to chat about. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I've got a question. It's not too for you, Martin. Oh, <laughs> um, are you still using the logo? Yeah, yeah, I still have the Sam, logo. Is it still around? Yeah, it is indeed. <laughs> do you have that suit? Um, I, I do, actually. It was a Halloween costume uh, that oh. I had from a good few years ago. A uh, good one. Good one. And um, the background there, that's um, Cork City, right? Yeah. The background you use on the show. Yeah, that's the, the north side of Cork City. where uh, We have the, the Shannon Bell there uh, that I'm pointing at. And then we have the, uh, the uh, Market uh, Cathedral. Yes, and then I think that's the hill. I like Cork. There's a few good little um, coffee shops. There's one called, and I don't know them, but they're called West Coast Roasters or something, West West Cork Coffee Roasters in the city. Yep. Beautiful little hole-in-the-wall cafe. Love that sort of stuff. Um, Cork's a brilliant little city. But, um, yeah, we were going to open down there, but um, or we we're going to try to. But to be honest, it is the the guard down there just scared us off <laughs> just oh, yeah. with all the stories. So, um <laughs> So look, I didn't have too much to mention, mate. I just wanted to say, um, keep it up. And, um, you know, people people really respect what you do. And um, there, there's a need for, for people with large kahunas like yourself <laughs> to get out there and push the envelope. So so uh, don't worry. And um, Thanks, we'll all get there in the end. And, and I, I suppose on the day we get there, open invitation for anyone. Myself and Martin will be there. We'll go to the Dáil or Government House and we'll, um, we'll burn one down. Excellent. Yeah, I'm well up for that. I look forward to that. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks again, JP. It's, uh, it's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, we'll do it again. Cool, Martin. Thank you for having me Indeed. on. Indeed. And there you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed that interview with JP O'Brien. It was an absolute pleasure to have him on and uh, to get to chat with him about his business, about the flowers, uh, the cannabis flowers that he's selling and uh, about his customers and uh, everything else that we got to chat with, too. Um, I would have much rather have uh, got to do that one in person and uh, I do intend to, to follow up with him on that invite to, to have him on the show again and uh, hopefully maybe not too distant future where I can actually travel up and uh, have the, the chat in person because uh, it should make for a much better quality of a conversation if we're able to do it in person without the kind of technical interference of, uh, of Zoom there. Um, but nonetheless, guys, uh, there you go. I hope you enjoyed it anyway. As I said, I, I did enjoy that uh, chat there with JP. And uh, yeah, until uh, the next time, guys, uh, stay blazed out there and keep it lit. Much love. Peace.